Talk Live. I'm your host, Jeff Deverter. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help you improve your business and those around you. Now this recording is from our Cloud Talk Live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to come and watch us there and join the conversation live with us in real time. Your participation helps drive the conversation. Now, let's get on with today's show. Hey, everybody. Good morning and welcome back. Let's turn that down. Welcome back to Cloud Talk Live. Everyone, my name is Jeff Diverter. You know that I'm here every day this week, it seems like. And uh, I'm the chief technology evangelist here at Rackspace Technology. And again, delighted to be here with you. Uh, and speaking of you, I'd love to know who you are. So go ahead and uh, introduce yourself down there in the comments. Tell me who you are. Tell me where you are. Let's see if Clark Kent's here. Let's see if some of our other favorites are here. Uh, because, boy, are you guys in for a treat today with a wonderful ex-racker now working over at Snow Software, Becky Trevino. Uh, you're going to get to know her really well here very shortly uh, once we get through the song and dance of, uh, of, of all the things going on inside of cloud. And, uh, and with that, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that super easy. Just shoot me an email over at solve at rackspace.com. That hits not me, but the whole production team, producer Daniel, he combs through those as well comes through those. Like you guys are sending me a lot of notes. You're not, but I'd love for you to. Uh, uh, tell us about program ideas. It would be great to hear from you. Ashley, so glad to you. Ashley, you're downright regular now. Thank you for, uh, for being here this morning. All right. With that, let's power through. Susan Price is here. Susan, you're going to earn the right of, uh, of being a regular as well, which is, is fantastic. Hey, everybody. We, uh, let's look at this. This is episode 102. <laughs> 102. We passed that century mark on Monday, and it's just as shocking that we've had so many. And uh, we take the audio from all of these and put them out in the Cloud Talk podcast feed. And uh, so if you miss any of these, you can catch them there, but only if you're subscribed. You can find the Cloud Talk podcast anywhere the podcasts are found. Uh, and uh, so go check those out. Subscribe. It would be awesome. Jamie White is here. Uh, you're welcome, Jamie. I love doing these. Maybe you should come be on the program sometime. We have Kevin from Mexico. We have uh, Barat, who is, well, here from Dallas. A very good morning to you as well. Christine from Orlando. Uh, and uh, Evan, Evan Oaks is here. Team Becky, that's right. Uh, I wonder how many of Be the Becky fan club was going to show up. You guys are, when I say you're in for a treat, you are in for a wonderful treat. And um, uh, Mohammed, yes, you can have an introduction. Mohammed, I'm so glad that you're here. Where in the world are you coming in from, Mohammed? Hey, guys, uh, quick reminder, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency has shields up. You know what that means. Go back and listen to episode 100 if you want to learn everything about what you need to do to, um, uh, to be prepared for potential cyber issues as uh, it relates to all things world uh, destabilization right now. Yay, destabilization. All right, with that, let's jump into what is new in cloud and... Um, uh, in cloud this week. Let's find the right button to push right here. There it is. All right. So there is a new uh, bit of article uh, from Flexera, the Flexera 2022 State of the Cloud. Folks, 
this is pretty amazing stuff. You know, Becky, you will remember back when we started working with all of the major cloud providers and AWS was just out there in the lead. Well, Flexera has got some interesting stats that, a- that a- Azure in a lot of different areas is passing up AWS. Now, I talked to an AWS rep yesterday, and of course, they have their spin on that. Uh, but go do the research yourself. Go read this article. You can find it over at that website, uh, rackspace.com slash solve slash 102. This link and all the others you can find there. And you know what you won't find there? Anybody selling you anything. That's the good thing, except great information. All right, moving on in the news, everyone. Let's talk about um, cloud security. Uh, the Cloud Security Alliance sets the countdown clock to quantum. What does that mean? I'll tell you what that means. Uh, It means that they have set the date when quantum computing will actually be able to be used to hack the current uh, encryption methods used uh, really in absolutely everything, meaning all the stuff we thought was secure won't be. Now, the date they set for that was, I think, in 2030. Let's look at this. Yep, April 14th, curiously specific, uh, of 2030. Uh, when they estimate that the quantum computer will be able to break present day cybersecurity infrastructure. Now go over to the rackspace.com slash solve slash 102 and, and read this link. It gives some, some things you can be doing to prepare for that. Is it really going to be April 14th? I doubt it. Um, of 2030, but you know what? It's a good date to start to plan for. Uh, and so it's certainly something that you'll want to plan for. That's going to be a scary time when quantum that can have <laughs> Susan Price will blockchain save us. Uh, maybe let's load ourselves up on the blockchain. Um, so we need to do an episode on blockchain now that you mentioned that, Susan. Uh, hey, Forrest is here. Glad you're here. Forrest got to endure one of my, endure is the right word, uh, uh, classes yesterday for some of our new new uh, rackers. Rookie O, rookie orientation, we call it. And I get to present to them one of my favorite meetings to do. Uh, and so let's, uh, let's press on, let's get into some of the cloud releases. What's new from the cloud. There really is some cool stuff this week. And, uh, and it starts over at AWS, uh, Amazon E, uh, the ECS API now supports elastic load balancers, uh, uh, service registries, tag propagation, and ECS managed tags. What does this mean? More stuff in the API, more things you can code, uh, more stuff that you can code for, <laughs> Forrest, you're too kind, uh, not have to endure. Uh, that's what I tell my wife. She has to endure my lessons. Uh, and, um, so, so this is really cool stuff guys. This is building on, we talk about this all the time. These cloud providers, they're relentless. They're relentlessly awesome. They don't just launch a product, but they build and mature these products. And sometimes they bundle them together to become other interesting things. Well, uh, now you're able to, with our, uh, elastic Kubernetes, um, container services, you can now code to their APIs directly with all of these new things and, uh, and be able to be more automated, which has the potential and the opportunity to make your, um, Uh, to make your applications, of course, more resilient. If you can rebuild those uh, dynamically because you've done that, well, that's super awesome. Oh, yes, Ashley, you will get to see me in Rookio, and I will be looking for a 10 NPS from you if you don't mind. All right, uh, in Azure, general availability, the Azure Chaos Studio. Okay, guys, I literally put this in here because I wanted to say the words live, Azure Chaos Studio. It's just fun to say. Uh, but really what it is, is it is their implementation of how can we, uh, how can we break things? You know, uh, Amazon has this, I think Google's got it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody make a comment. Let me know. Um, uh, what does Lauren say? Lauren says, my dad just saw me watching live and said he worked, he worked with me. World savings. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, tell him hi. Yes, I do remember David Martinez. David was awesome. Um, so if you look at my, 
Never mind. It's this press on. So Azure Chaos Studio, Key Vault. You can now attack Key Vault in cloud, uh, classic cloud uh, service faults. So um, again, this is how you take and train Azure to go and beat up your application and find faults so that uh, you can solve them before the bad guys do or before your application just breaks. It creates chaos, as the Chaos Studio name would imply. Chaos Studio. Everyone say it with me, Azure Chaos Studio. All right, over in the Google, NVIDIA T4 GPUs, they're now available uh, for the following regions. That's US Central and Europe West. So, um, so this is fantastic. It's additional capabilities on the compute side to do all the things you might need a GPU for. Uh, what might that be? Whatever you need it to be. Whenever you need more dedicated compute, you can now get that from... Uh, from over at um, uh, at Google in those two new regions. So yay, NVIDIA and Google. All right, guys, uh, you want to get any of these links, uh, read more information about the updates from the cloud providers. You, of course, can do that at rackspace.com slash solve slash 102. What won't you find there? Salesman. Yay. Just go get new information. The only cost, there is a cost. Share it with somebody. All right. The only thing I sell here on, on Cloud Talk is, well, if you'll come and work with me. So we have a job. I'm actually recycling this job from Tuesday because it's really awesome and nobody uh, has, uh, we haven't hired anybody for it yet. But that's the senior product architect inside of our data solutions. Guys, data is, uh, we'll talk to Becky about this shortly and everything that's going on inside of data. But the data solutions team mission is to provide end-to-end -end solutions to help businesses increase the speed of innovation, lower TCO, and drive value from data faster. There, um, I can't wait to get Becky's take on what those guys are doing over at Snow Software for in and around data. So you can apply for that job, you know where, over at solve slash 102. You should be used to that now. Um, somebody says they're paired. I don't know what your name is. Hey, now I'm a saleswoman. That's right. Everybody's in sales. All right. So uh, again, the, you can find the uh, audio for all of these inside of the podcast feed, but also you can find uh, other content we don't do live. It's just strictly audio podcast. I've got a great one coming out tomorrow, if we our schedule holds, with a guy named uh, Mark Rastovich. And Mark has a storied career. We have a fun conversation. We have a lot in common and, uh, and have a great time. So you can only hear that, of course, if you go and subscribe to Cloud Talk at nine o'clock when we finish this presentation. All right. Well, that takes us down to the cloud discussion, which means it's my turn or time to, <coughs> excuse me, actually get to introduce to you uh, the amazingly talented Becky Trevino. Becky is the EVP of product and the self-proclaimed cloud nerd. So, uh, so Daniel, with that, why don't we go ahead and bring Becky on up to the stage? Becky, welcome to Cloud Talk Live. I'm excited, Jeff. I actually listened to uh, a couple of your shows, plus we're former coworkers. So, I'm really happy to be here with everyone. Hello. So glad you're here. Now, Becky, you, you, um, you've got a soft spot in your heart for Rackspace, though that's not where you are now. We were just talking about some old names of folks that, that we've worked with over the years. And uh, uh, it's, um, it's always fun to have somebody back on who, you know, one has, who knows the same stories that I do, but, but also, you know, you helped me a ton when, when you were here at Rackspace. I had lots of, you know, in my role, especially in the past was I'd come up with these crazy ideas of product stuff and, Hey, let's go and incubate this and build out an offering little things like, Oh, dedicated SharePoint or, or this other little cloud product called Azure. And uh, you kind of helped shepherd, you literally helped shepherd the, the, the team and I, uh, as we brought Azure support to the market. So it's huge. Thank you for that. Yeah. Where it came in, uh, 
you know, the time at Rackspace, spent about six and a half years at Rackspace, a variety of different roles. So mm-hmm. I led customer success at Rackspace, technical support, to about 80 person organization where I know Evan from. Uh, he yeah. worked for my support team back in the day. And it was just a really interesting experience to be there at the infancy of the cloud. You know, I remember we were in the middle of the cloud wars when you know, AWS, I always say like, you know, Rackspace, we were, we were out there with OpenStack public cloud or we really yeah. going up there. You know, we had our David Goliath scenario with, with AWS and it, we, it, just the history of it. I remember when Azure kind of came in, yeah. went strong in the cloud. It's really interesting to see the report where it's like Azure's overtaking. I still, I, I still, I'm still team AWS. I still think AWS is ranks out there the, the, view of all of the different services across, you're still right. asking yourself that question. But I do know that for a lot of enterprises itself, you still, you know, given the proliferation of Microsoft 365, and I think that's been the, maybe the Trojan horse for sure. for Microsoft. It's just, and if you're already using, you're still part of their ecosystem. But I think the advantage that AWS still has is they came in through engineers through developers and, and yes. they still have a lot of that independence rather than that part in from IT. So I think that's the part that Azure is going to really have to think about is you know, if one's strong with the other. And then yeah. today I was actually one of the most companies I've admired the most in cloud has actually been DigitalOcean. Yeah. DigitalOcean, uh, I used to think about because I ran public cloud support at Rackspace for a long time. And when we were in there, I remember going and getting frustrated because I was trying to make us just more digital. Yeah. And I would send over to my team and say, this is what a how-to article should look like. <laughs> and even when I look at AWS, when I look at Azure and GCP, who's, who's really going in it, DigitalOcean still does that how-to, the community, better than anyone else, which why you can understand that like SMBs and engineers really like digital. So I'm a huge DigitalOcean fan. When I think of digital and tech, uh, just technical documentation and community, they're still like my, the number one place I benchmark. Uh, Becky, you really are a cloud nerd, aren't you? I'm thinking that you don't turn it <laughs> no, off at five o'clock when you go home, do you? I have a big it's over it because I, I actually the leader for product marketing for DigitalOcean, I reached out and I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, I'm familiar with DigitalOcean. I right. love your work. I love even I was like, I subscribe to your emails and like sit there and try to put stuff in my own department of where it comes in. So yeah, I do like it a lot. It's fun to have a little company crush, isn't it? Uh, I have one of those <laughs> on Canva like uh, because I love what Canva's doing uh, on the graphic design. I feel like Canva's doing on graphic design what AWS did for for innovation in and around compute. And just, they're just democratizing it and making it available to the world. I think it's a big, uh, big one in terms of Canva, in particular that one. Canva, for us in the SaaS world, is leading this new concept where you and I were talking about, which is product-led growth. And we've yes. talked about there was a series of time where for organizations, it was enough to really be able to get to the cloud. Yeah. And what you're seeing, the pioneers in SaaS, which is Canva, Asana, and others, you're taking it to the next level of mm-hmm. product-led growth, which is really, if you think about it, we saw a lot of this in the pandemic. Companies like Miro, I'm not sure if, you, if mm-hmm. you've been able to use them, it, they really took off internally with us. Here just used them yesterday to lead several brainstorming sessions. I mm-hmm. love that tool. Yeah, and I think what it is, was it, that's true democratization, because we used to be happy when it would be like, here's a demo, and you'd be yeah. able to try a little bit, get a bit of free trial. What Miro and others do that's really special is the fact that you're actually getting value from that product before you could actually buy it. Before you have a yeah. negotiation, you're able to say, well, I'm going to lead a session using this, or I have this brainstorming one, I'm going to go in, and then you really get that true one of value. Then you have the ability to go viral. That's the part about product-led growth because then someone's mm. in that session with you seeing you use Miro. They're like, look how effective Jeff was using that tool. 
let me go out there and do that. So that's the next stage where you're seeing in SaaS from a, a perspective of really enabling companies to accelerate that path, the product-led growth. That's really right. huge for us in this space. Well, and how, so how is all of that impacting uh, what you guys do at Snow? And for those that don't know it, maybe you can just, of course, you know, give us the pitch on who and what is Snow, and then let's talk about product-led growth from your perspective. What we do at Snow is help companies manage all of this technology. As you know, I just mentioned Miro, we talked about Canva. Yeah. Everybody is buying. And we used to have this scenario where IT held the gates, where yeah. if you wanted to buy, get a new technology, you had to get on the IT roadmap. You had some, they had to procure a server. And we've been in this space for years where it says like, well, no longer. People can just spin up a server at AWS. People yeah. can buy it. And now with this product-led growth, you, it's everybody is the way Amazon used to be, where just pull up a credit card and you get a free trial and you start using it. And so you've looked around and it's the end user. The end user has all of the power. But yeah. what that creates is a problem where it's a great, we're doing enabling people to be fantastic with productivity. But what we've done is we've created more risk into the organization. Right. And that's what we at Snow try to help IT. IT is our okay. is our primary buyers. We help IT get visibility into all of the technology running in their environment so that they can better manage risk, whether that risk be costs, because in these mm -hmm. consumption models, you can quickly forecast budget. We're not in a world of shelfware anymore where you buy a bunch of perpetual licenses, you're locked in on a, a price. A little bit of maintenance and that's that. Yeah. Yeah. You actually have consumption usage-based pricing. And this is this whole impact of product-led growth. I recently ran an article on product-led growth for IT is that if these costs go exponential, now things at Salesforce used to be you, you locked into a budget of a certain number of users. Yeah. But if you actually go in and now everybody's on usage, everybody's like AWS where you could just say, your costs are going to control. Costs are going to be a really big issue. And that's one of the key use cases for our technology. We create the data across where you can know how much, how much SaaS I'm running, how much Oracle I'm running, mm. everything in your environment. And you can use that data for a variety of different things. And one of those key use cases is cost management. So what mm -hmm. we do at Snow is provide IT with the visibility of what's running in their environment okay. so they can better manage costs and risk within their organization. Perfect. Okay. So now let's get into product-led growth as it relates to snow in that context. How are you guys applying that? Uh, so we're on a journey like much others is really looking at our technologies and understanding how we can actually bring those closer, bring that value closer to users. And that's a big one of where we're on that transformation ourselves, figuring out what is that value metric. And we, and we started this journey, which last, uh, last July, we did a launch of our SaaS platform called Snow Atlas. Okay. And with this, we're bringing that part of a platform that you can sit there and create and make it easier for the user to just try, and much like Miro, get value from our solution faster. Got it. Makes perfect sense. If people want to learn more about, about the software, let's 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 direct them. It's just snowsoftware.com or how do we snowsoftware.com? And one of the biggest challenges we're helping customers, we actually a presentation number of CIOs is if you're suffering from SaaS management right now. This is a big topic because a lot of times we've been a year, what is it, year three of the pandemic. What a mm -hmm. lot of people did in 2020 was buy too much SaaS and particularly Microsoft. We just talked about one of the That's key right. ways. Everybody just yeah, that they're doing shoveled well. everything to the cloud. I mean, yeah. in, in as fast as we possibly could, any cloud. And you're likely overspending in SaaS right now. You probably had right. three people using Trello, another hundred using Smartsheet, another hundred using something else. And right. there's probably this key part called a use case we have called application rationalization. You're probably paying about 50% too much for the technology, particularly your SaaS technology in your environment. And you should be using that money 
to hire, to do other stuff, to pay your employees a little bit extra because of all this great resignation, you know, optimize that so you can go for growth. And that's the biggest area I'd say people can save right now and, and get to streamline their businesses. So it's a really interesting thought because when, you know, from, from our side, you know, the side you, you used to be on, on that service provider side, when, when we talk to companies now, we, they say, we want to move to the cloud. What do, what do we actually do? Our recommendation is, and, and this you see pretty ubiquitously across the, across the industry, is for anything that isn't um, differentiating for your organization, find a SaaS-based offering for it should one exist. Because if it's not differentiating, why spend time and effort on something that's, a, that's not a snowflake? Go let somebody else kind of manage that. But for those things that are unique, that are special, that, that – um, that that sets your company apart. That's where you want to invest in you know, your own development. That's where you start thinking about how you manage your own cloud environment or use partners to do that that work. Uh, and so, you know, what you guys are doing, you know, we are on our side. We're encouraging more and more organizations to use as much SaaS as they can, and then really just double down on those things that are differentiating. So, what a great market to be in to help with that spend uh, and and just. Visibility for one thing. That's that's always the hardest part is organizations understanding exactly where it all is going because you know, nobody goes and comes through you know the expense ledger to look for you know where, where all those credit card receipts are coming from. I think it's a big one. It's the visibility, but it's also the risk. Like the biggest question that people have are our customers, and we we always consider ourselves a cost management type of solution, like helping customers manage the cost of their technology. But when you have conversations with our customers in terms of what they actually use the product for. Yeah. The number one reason that they use it is visibility because for IT, still answering what is running in my environment yeah. is still the hardest question for them to answer. And so yeah. once they have that visibility, they end up using and taking our data and putting it in a bunch of other systems that we didn't build the capabilities for them to use. But we're actually sitting there and saying, OK, our job is, is providing that data, but our best customers use that as almost a single source of truth for IT of knowing what's running in their environment so they can keep track of it. Because when you have big security incidents, a lot of times that's what you need to know is where is that particular application running? And so while we don't consider ourselves a security company, that visibility of that ability of having the data and knowing and being like, we're the best source of data in a company's environment about what they're running ends up becoming an extremely important advantage. It's actually one of the reasons our, one of our customers ended up using us, not that it's a use case for us, but they, they use the data well enough to help them accelerate their identification of Log4j. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, you know, I like your point that it's not an exact security tool, but it is one of the tools in the arsenal to help create visibility. And uh, it, 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 this last part of the conversation really makes me think, and I want to get your opinions here, is the role of, of IT is absolutely changing. I mean, IT used to be the enablers of all things IT. You know, a business group would want to have a new feature, a new offering, a new whatever. You know, a lot of times they would go and poke around and find a favorite software tool. But in the end, they would go knocking on IT's door and say, uh, we we need we, we want this software. And they say, okay, well, let's give us your requirements. We'll go make sure it's right. We'll get the thing. We'll bring it in. We'll do identity. We'll do backup. We'll do recovery. All the enterprise-y things that, that have to happen. But to your point, I mean, a lot of this is being solved with a credit card swipe in a, in a SaaS-based offering. IT tends to not ever be aware of it. Now, with your, your tooling, IT is aware. But IT's role inside of the business, I think, is gone from being, I'll call it a gatekeeper and an enabler to a player coach sort of a relationship. Mm -hmm. So helping to create the boundaries that organizations can use this stuff effectively. Susan Price, a 
uh, somebody who's been around a lot in the past several weeks and, and I've known since the USAA days, it brings out a good point because Miro had some security challenges. And when IT is aware of Miro being used in the organization, they can actually be in front of that and know that it's an exposure to them. But what are your thoughts as, as IT's changing role? We have this uh, saying at Snow, it's like our mantra, IT should build guardrails, not gates. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of, 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 you know, someone in our organization uses this concept of technology guardians. There's technology guardians within the organization that need to have a role in having that visibility that we provide to keep the organization safe. But it's not the world where we want to, we need to be the gatekeepers because that world is gone. Yeah. Yes. And there, and this is why I, I had this article of uh, product, what IT needs to know about product-led growth is that you need to, this is happening. You can't control it. The genie's out of the bottle. People are getting um, X more evalu- valuations because of product-led growth. Pretty much this is going to be the standard for SaaS moving forward. And in that world, you have to understand that usage becomes so important and you have to have this, you have to create your own mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's guardrails, not gates, because if you become a helper where it says nobody in the business wants to introduce security risk, no one wants to be the department that because I wanted to move faster, I've now introduced a bunch of risk. And now we have a, we have a hacker in here because I didn't bet that, that, that provider well enough. Right. So from that, there's that partnership that comes in, but IT needs to create those right processes. And what Snow, we enable IT to do is to have a system by which they have that visibility. And we, and some of our best customers actually use it for persona-based IT, where they'll say, like, okay. well, this department tends to run these applications. This is what they need. And if you can go to a particular department and say, hey, I noticed, um, Jeff, that you're up 20% in your technology spend compared to year over year. Is yeah. that what you want? Mm-hmm. Is this the best use of your budget? Right. Oh, maybe I, it's not. Well, hey, what if we had this rationalization of this, this, this? Mm-hmm. That's a way different conversation from IT than how many Salesforce licenses are you running? And That's just right. like dropping off budget. Because the more that you actually, you know, people don't realize this because we're, we're, we're so busy trying to be productive because all of us need to meet certain deadlines to the business. If you're the marketing department, you're responsible for more pipeline. If you're uh, product engineering, we have to delivery. So we're all concerned about our own business outcomes. And oftentimes, because we're so concerned about our business outcomes, that's first, yeah. not the security and governance. And that's where IT needs to be worried about where it says, my peers are never going to be worried about that. They're about driving the business, driving transformation. That's I right. need to worry about that. And I need to buy the tooling and the software to create these guardrails where I have visibility into what they're actually using but I don't make it burdensome. And I become this partner that you say that adds value and insights rather than being like, what are you using? And then taking it away, give recommendations, almost become right. a consultant for your yeah. business. Yeah. I love that. And you know, it's, it, if, if you've got somebody who's an old school CIO, CTO, and uh, this, this can be a hard pill to swallow unless you're really, you know, heading down, uh, or just ultimately being aware. So Becky, uh, as we talked about before we came on, this is uh, National Women's History Month. We have devoted every episode to women in tech. And I just want to give uh, in our last five minutes here a little bit of a platform for you. You know, how, uh, you know, one, how has your experience been um, as, as a woman in with a very storied tech career of self-proclaimed cloud nerd, but then also an opportunity to encourage other women, younger women, because uh, we've gotten lots of comments from folks who who uh, have watched this as part of their their day as they're in their job and they're taking it home to show their their um, teenage and and school age um, daughters. But you know, an opera- so one your experience, and then two, and a little encouragement to that next generation. 
the big one for me, uh, so I'm an engineer by background who's just had a variety of different roles in, in their life. I started off in engineering, took a stint in the marketing, led customer success at, at technical support at Rackspace, back to marketing, and now has been spending the last couple of years in product. And it and it's about, first of all, uh, believing in yourself mm. and, and what you can do, and then having the group of people that really are your team, that team Becky. You know, I was fortunate enough to grow up with a father that just really believed that I could be whoever I wanted to be. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily the paradigm of what it is. And so mm -hmm. of what, you know, I didn't need to be in a box. And sometimes, you know, whether it's our family or that's the other expectation of us, I always say this one is I'm the ugly duckling of a really attractive group of people, a family. <laughs> and so it was, and maybe that was the freedom of being able to say, I don't have to be the one with the great hair and I could just go out <laughs> here and, uh, and just do my thing while my sister's beautiful. And so I think there's a little bit of that where it's just the freedom, you know, give your children, if you're, if you're a father, is you know, give your daughters the ability to to choose what they want to mm. be and be supportive about that and understand. And also for women, I think there's uh, there's this complex. If let your daughter wear the tutu and go to ballet, just because yeah. you want them to do STEM doesn't mean that they can't. Doesn't mean do they can't do the pretty girl things. That's right. And then they can do both. And mm. so I think that's another one. And the other one is find the right leaders. Hmm. Find the right leaders. You know, I don't know if it's chicken and egg or or, or just the way one I've worked for really great people. Right. And, and maybe it's a self-selection. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a people who are great are able to see my potential yeah. and then people who aren't pass up on me. I don't know, but I've worked for really great people. And when you work for really great people, those people find opportunities for you. That's right. You know, I, you know, I had, I tell a great story of a Javad Kabiri who, who uh, I led and was just one of the best is the bet was the best leader I've ever worked under one of the best leaders at Rackspace. Yeah. And he sat there and took somebody who was helping him from a customer marketing perspective. And he said, you could be a great support leader. And I was like, no, I can't. He's like, you could. Mm -hmm. And gave me an 80 person organization to go lead. And I delivered. Wow. And wow. you, so I think the big one I'd say for women technology is if you find the right leader and be critical about who you work for, because if you find the right leader, Ooh. they will actually sit there and put you in the right spots because the times right. in my life, they'll challenge, you. I, they'll challenge you and they'll try opportunities for you. But also, you know, on the side of, you know, be critical of the right leader. But when you find the right leader, help them, help them be successful. And that's right. probably been the one thing in my career. Uh, I remember Javad actually get, was my rec, was my reference when I worked for my current boss. And he was like, Becky will quickly become your right-hand person. <laughs> you know, she will be a go-to person yeah. that you will ask for in your business. And if you become that for the person you work for, they will become great opportunities. But for women in particular, that's important because you have to find the, somebody who believes in you. Because if somebody doesn't believe in you, they won't see that potential. They will see, well, she has children and the other. And that's the other one for women is that choice to have children. Yes. When you make a choice to have children, people can say, well, is that person going to be dedicated or not? And so mm -hmm. it, will, they, will they lose what made them great about them? And you have to find somebody that accepts the whole you. The and whole, you, the whole you Becky, the whole person. Parent, then it's just those parts in that paradigm. So be critical about who you work for, because that's yeah. going to be the most important of your career. Well, Becky, that's the soundbite for, I mean, this has been a great conversation, but that's the soundbite for, for this whole episode. And that is, yeah, I, th I think that's the, the, 
sage advice, and that is be critical of who you work for. Somebody who, uh, one, and you said it from two angles, one who is going to see the best in you and see things in you that you don't see and challenge you, but also somebody that you will willingly support and help grow their career. I mean, what, uh, I mean, and the whole organization can only benefit from that type of a relationship. So Becky, it was so great to have you uh, on the show and to get to spend time with you again today. I would love to have you back. This is, yeah, this is there's so many other things I'd love to chat about, but uh, but our time is up and I know you have a road mapping session to run on. I to. do. And we could talk about SaaS all the time because that one advice is like, what do you do if you're moving to organization SaaS, like how to manage it? Because it's a big risk area for organizations as well. Well, let's plan on it. We'll have you back in, right, in not good. too distant future. Everyone, thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and we will be back. Well, you know, when we're not going to be back is next week. I'm taking the week off. And so uh, we will not be here all next week. So you can watch reruns. You can listen to the podcast. And uh, but we'll be back the following week with more great women in tech. And I can't wait to see you then. Everyone have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cloud Talk Live. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help improve your business and those around you. Now, this was a live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to watch us there and join the conversation live with us. Now, if you haven't already subscribed, I'd encourage you to do so and maybe even give us one of those five-star reviews. These episodes can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Until next time, I'm Jeff DeVerter for Cloud Talk and Cloud Talk Live.